This is Basket Case Clubs, CPR Group's podcast where we turn basket case clubs into showcase clubs. G'day everyone and welcome back to Basket Case Clubs. I'm Michael Connolly and it is my pleasure to be your host on this journey. Joining me as always is my brother and partner in Basket Casey Goodness, Steve Connolly. Happy New Year, Steve. Happy New Year. Good heavens, 2023. I just got used to writing 2022. (laughs) Now I'm going to have to change that, throw it out the window and learn how to write 2023. I think, yeah, I've still been making that mistake. So today is the 9th of January, and you think that after being nine days into the new year, we'd be getting used to it. But my excuse, Steve, is that I hate writing the number three. For some reason, I just kind of struggle. Maybe it's because I'm a musician and I think I should be drawing a quarter note rest and uh, instead of a three. <laughs> Actually, I might try that. I might make it 2020, 2020 rest, <laughs> the year of the rest. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Well, yes. Oh, well, you never know. You can, you can make it a year of rest if you like. <laughs> So we just before we started recording, we were reminiscing on how COVID is still hanging bloody around. And you think back to how we just stopped everything for pretty much two years and interrupted our entire lives and our entire mm. economy. And then 2022 came around and indeed 2023, it's still bloody here and it's just running rampant. It's everywhere. We've got these new variants running around and, and it, all the while you walk through the shops and people are just going, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's funny old world in which we live. And it is. It is. One that makes it hard to plan for, Steve. Oh, nice segue. <laughs> hey, <you> know, yeah. <laughs> that was a better segue than that shitty little two-wheeled gyroscopic driven thing that our dad <laughs> bought when he had a bad Mac. <laughs> didn't, didn't really work, did it? <laughs> so yeah, we're going to start a series on club planning. And indeed, this doesn't necessarily, it isn't necessarily limited to club planning. This is about planning in general. And obviously, when we're talking about club planning, we really are taking a business planning approach for clubs. And that deals with the fact that sport is big business in Australia. And so it's important that we take that business-like approach. But it's interesting how planning takes different paths depending on who you talk to. And there's quite a bit of bureaucracy involved, Steve. I won't mention the person, but remember that time that somebody said, oh, look, I like the plan, Steve. It's nice and colourful, but I don't think that you've got smart enough objectives in there. And this is from a person who's never had to bloody run a sports club or be involved in a sports club, but is happy to sit in a bureaucratic ivory tower and cast aspersions on consultants who don't make smart objectives. Yet that was a club that just got shit done because the plan Mm -hmm. was so practical and indeed colourful and and easy to read and therefore accessible to not just the committee, but members in general. So we'll do a bit of a series on this because there's plenty of, of small chunks of planning that I think are important, but let's start right at the top and look at how planning can actually be the first time that a club commits its agenda and its purpose to paper. So I won't tell the story of, well, I will tell the story, but I won't tell you who this is for, but there's a club that I'm working with at the moment, Steve, that you know well, that is actually going to really struggle to implement their plan. And it's purely because this is the first time in a very, very long time that they've actually committed their purpose to paper. So it's a, it's a fairly hefty club and there are a lot of people involved as stakeholders, as volunteers, as coaches, as committee members, as parents, as, as general helpers. And I said, I suppose that everyone thought that they were on the same page. Everyone thought, yep, we're all going in the, in the one direction. But when we actually had to commit this club's purpose down to a single sentence, it's ended up like being a bit of a bomb that's gone off and made people go, hey, 
hang on a minute that, that but but that's not right that but what about me so it's absolutely fascinating and it's going to mean that and it already has meant that some people are going to say that's not me mm. so the, the the point of this story is that if you're going to do it better that you do it sooner rather than later rather than think everyone's on the same page. So let's take a, a football club example, because I'm not talking about football, but let's take a football club example. If there's a football club that some people think is a grassroots entry-level club, yet other people, and it might be because it's a fairly big club, you know, more than 100, 150 people, which means that people don't necessarily know each other and they don't necessarily get a chance to connect on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So you're getting the, a little bit of hearsay going on. And somebody else in the club, maybe the senior coach or senior coaching team, thinks that we're an elite club then you, you can't be all things to all people. And so when the club actually writes down, what are we? They kind of, people go, but hang on a minute, that doesn't describe who we are. So Steve, I want to start by talking to one of the great questions that I love asking and, and quiz you about some of the interesting answers or interesting places that the journey has taken you. When we say, so what sort of a club are you? Mm. And people go, well, this should be an easy question, but it just isn't. The Yeah, the, most recent experience that I've had in this vein is a dragon boat club that we did some planning with last year. So 2022. And it was that exact question. Are we a social club where we want to provide opportunities for people to come together and have fun and get fit while they're doing it, create social connections. That's it. Yep. Or are we first and foremost, a competitive club that wants to get out on the water and win. And it, did exactly what you're talking about in creating some good debate and somewhat interesting discussion to be a fly on the wall for in, yeah. in my role. Um, and it was interesting to hear the arguments uh, from people who were vehemently, you know, on one side of the argument and vehemently opposed to the other, but then other people who were in really in the middle and said, oh, well, I joined this club because it, it appeared to be a, a socially engaging, happy, welcoming, friendly place to be. But then as my fitness increased and as my interest in the sport continued to grow, I then became a competitive paddler. So maybe we shouldn't just be one thing to the people who like that particular type of participation, but maybe we should be trying to, you know, straddle that, um, straddle that difference between competitive and social. So I think it is really interesting. And and of course, there are plenty of clubs out there. Football is a great example where some of the bigger clubs have got both a community arm and a more competitive semi-professional arm. So I think having the discussion and for that discussion to be guided by independent third party people, you know, like us is a really important step in the planning process. And, and often I'm sure that you'll agree that this discussion is one when a club engages us and says hey we need some help pulling together a strategic plan it's often not a question that they expect they're going to be yeah. asked and they they say we've got all these ideas about what we want to do in the future and you know what we got, want to build what we want to build and the programs that we want to offer but it's only when we sit down with them and say right before we have all of those discussions we actually need to get our house in order and we need to make mm -hmm. sure that you are all on the same page so it can be quite a confronting discussion for them to have because they weren't expecting <laughs> to be asked the question yeah, and the answer might, as you've alluded to, the answer might be social, it might be competitive, it might be high performance, it might even be exclusive or elite, you know? Yeah. But And there are clubs that are like that, that, that try and pretend that they're not. 
you need to make a call and you need to decide right there because that then guides our purpose. Our purpose might be to create an opportunity for young kids to get involved and develop a passion for this sport. Mm. And that can be a beautiful purpose, but that's a very different purpose from our purpose is to take those kids who already have a, a deep love and passion for this sport and who also have a desire to compete at the highest level in the, the region, the state, the country or the world and mm. give them the pathway to be our specific spot on the pathway to get there through performance. But those are very, very different answers. And for those clubs and, and businesses who try and be all things to all people, you end up being pretty crappy for everyone instead of yeah. saying, this is what we are for. And maybe the answer to the question is, well, we're a crappy club and we did, we need to stop being a crappy club. It might, it might be, it, that's right, to very much get our house in order and stop yeah. the crappy things that we're doing so that we can then get on the journey to achieving our purpose. Yep. Yeah. It's funny how often you need to just spend, if it's a three-year plan, let's just spend the, th the next three years consolidating. Let's work out. So we've got outstanding debt to the tax office we've got unpaid bills we've got terrible we've got a terrible retention rate with people leaving at, at weird levels you know we expect people to leave when we get competitive or we go to full-size fields or we have to start traveling we've got people leaving it at odd places and then not coming back mm. what it, what is it that we're not that we're not doing and then that's the chance to to again get it down on paper to say this is this is what sort of a club we are and this is where we are, are trying to get to. But it was fascinating with the club that I'm talking about to have the certain, one of the episodes we'll talk about the consultation process, but there are certain groups that you need to engage with pretty much on a personal level. And even doing it online, their online meeting is a, a distant second to being mm. in the same room and just being able to devote the time. And sometimes it's a long time to just, I hate the word, but to really unpack how we're all <laughs> feeling about things and get it all on the table so that, so that we really understand what the challenges are and understand our own operating landscape or the environment in which we operate, who are our competitors, why, who are our first order competitors or who are our second order competitors and understand that and, and our role then in that environment and get on the same page. Mm. But you've got to commit. You've got to commit. You've got, and you've, and really this is where most, and it's most of, Probably the smaller club. No, it's it's every club, and indeed, it's it's a lot of charity groups. It's a lot of regional and state associations. In trying to be all things to all people, they end up doing a crappy job at all of them. Rather than saying, "This is our role." So even for a, a regional association, the regional association's job is not the delivery of the sport. Mm. The club's jobs, who the club's job, the clubs who are members of that regional association, it's their job to deliver the sport. And again, that question leads to really interesting answers. What sort of association are you? I say, well, we're the association that runs the greatest competition in the world. Do 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 you run the competition, or is the competition set at the state level? And your job is to administer the clubs, and therefore, what support do you provide to clubs? Oh, we don't support clubs. They've got a supporter, <laughs> really. So therefore, what's your relevance? And if we were building this again, would we build it exactly the same? These are really challenging questions but again unless you pin it down and say this is who we are then and and write it down so that everyone can see it then people will go i i, I didn't think that's what we were like and it's amazing how often that in fact it's every time 
every single mm. time people are going to open up like that and say, mm, gee, I didn't know that we had such divergent ideas. Yeah. And it's only when you sit down and articulate it, the, the process that is, in terms as clear as what we're talking about now, that it becomes blindingly apparent that how it's really illogical to think that you can plan to do stuff in the future if you don't have an idea of what that stuff's trying to actually achieve. Yeah. So if, if you don't determine what the purpose of your organization is, and sure, you can start with the objects in the constitution, but they were probably pulled together hurriedly at the time that the organization was becoming established in the first place. Yep. So it's a good opportunity to challenge those objects or purposes as listed in the constitution as well. But to think that you can be working towards a situation where you're actually delivering the greatest good that your organization can deliver without having a clear idea of what that purpose is, is, is really makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. You start with the, the objects in the constitution, because obviously uh, often you'll read those and they're very tasky. They're really action oriented, not, and yeah. this is our purpose that they, they don't take that big picture what we're trying to achieve it's the, the things yep. that we do so we manage facilities we provide uh social camaraderie do you love it when people in a workshop say oh what what, is, what we develop camaraderie but like especially when you're writing on a whiteboard i don't know how yeah. to spell camaraderie unless i'm typing it i get the red squiggly underline <laughs> so i just say camera camaraderie cross camera yeah friendship <laughs> club spirit yeah but you, it's it's not necessarily it's, it's a great starting point but it's not necessarily the answer because it is we provide facilities we run a competition we provide a membership management platform those are very dewy type things rather than why type things and we mm. do all of that because this is the environment we're trying to create this is the pathway we're trying to create so it's more about i love the the why statements that are much more about creation this is the and that word create it's artistic it's almost a bit spiritual, isn't it? This mm. is this is what we're trying to create. This is the future that we're that we're trying to see. So unless you get this right, it's very hard to devise a consistent future because there's an old Chinese saying or proverb that is that says lying in the same bed but dreaming different dreams or sleeping in the same bed but dreaming different dreams. And how often that happens. And just when I use that terminology in a in a planning workshop with a group, large or small, mm. kind of all go, yeah, that's exactly what's been happening. Sometimes for organizations that just to rewind momentarily to the point that I made earlier about the fact that a lot of people with whom we work are not expecting to be asked this question, mm. but are expecting to just be able to get straight into the talking about what they want to achieve and how they're going to do it over the next three or five years, for instance. In some instances, those organizations that are that you know we work through the identification of why they exist and what it is that they're hoping to achieve at, at kind of the foundation level of their organization that discussion is quick and easy because they've just never been asked those questions in the right way or in a particular way that gets them thinking about why the organization exists and it you know the one example that i think that we've talked about in the past is swin the southwest indigenous network with whom we do a lot of work and they you know, would talk about the fact that they are a, a network of Indigenous sport and rec coordinator um, people around the southwest Queensland region who provide certain services so that, you know, kids in 
regional and remote areas can access sporting opportunities. Now, that's what they do, but it's not why they do it. So in a 45-minute planning discussion, we were able to get to why they exist, which you know is more along the lines of Swin believes that through sport, culture and community, Indigenous Australians can lead healthier lives and live longer. That's why they exist. That's their purpose as an organisation. Everything else is to help achieve that or help to kind of further that objective. So they were really close and they were aligned, but they just hadn't articulated the purpose clearly in the past. Now that they've done so, everything, every decision that they make, every action that they take, they challenge against that why. They, mm. They're able to challenge themselves and say, well, is this going to help us achieve those things that we exist to achieve? And if not, then maybe we need to think long and hard about whether we do it. But again, until you've got that clear, you can't you can't follow that process of challenging. So this is, I suppose, just a quick comment to temper the the, the I suppose, kind of warning that we're putting out there to not gloss over this stuff. It doesn't need to be difficult. And often organizations and their volunteers are going to have close alignment. It's just a matter of documenting that alignment. But if it's not the case, and if there is, you know, misalignment on your committee or amongst your membership, it's a great thing to identify rather than just sweep under the carpet because yeah. you can't address it unless you identify it. Yeah. So you said it doesn't need to be difficult, but it is going to be challenging. But you've got to get in and do it. So what's fascinating, because this is a podcast and not a video, pod, a, vi a vodcast, what do you call them? We're not on YouTube. Um, <laughs> vlog? Uh, no. No, that's a... Yeah. It's not uh, It's not a documentary, a Basket Case Clubs episode on TV. Um, I could see, but our listeners can't see, that when Steve just quoted that statement from Swin, he didn't read it. So mm. it's obviously so powerful that it's not only ingrained in the minds of the board and the staff mm. at Swin, but also in your mind from doing yep. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just a, it's an incredibly engaging purpose compared with talking about what an organization does to talk emotionally and in an engaging manner about why an organization does what it does, especially, yeah. and Swin are no different from a lot of the other organizations with which we are fortunate to work, that they do great stuff. But uh, too many of them don't do a great job of promoting the great stuff that they do. Yeah, yeah. But it, when you said then it made those decisions easier because you can test them against the purpose. That is that includes recruitment because yes. it's very it's much easier to, for for a potential candidate to be saying, "Well, do I believe in those things? Do is that what I want to achieve in my career?" Because we can all go and do anything for work. Any yep. anything that there, there is a job for there is a job for somebody who wants to literally shovel shit. There's a job that somebody will if you want to you can get paid to do that. There's a job for driving a truck from the bottom of a mine to the top of a mine. In fact, it's quite a well paid job, and I would certainly enjoy doing that. Imagine the amount of podcasts and audio books you'd get to listen to while you're doing that sort of job before it all gets replaced by the fact that GPS driven trucks can yep. do it all for us now. But it makes it makes it so much easier to for those people to to say, well, I don't want to just get paid for my time. I don't want to just sell my time. I would like to actually be able to look back on my career and make sure that it was meaningful. Guess what? The same thing is true whether we're recruiting volunteers or paid staff. So I might be yep. recruiting a paid coach. Or I might be recruiting a volunteer for a, for a committee. I want very rarely do you have people lie on their deathbed and say. Um, Gee, I wish that I'd done more meaningless tasks in my life. 
<laughs> you, you, you'll, you'll hear people say, I, I'm glad that I was involved in something that was able to achieve outcomes. Or if there's an element of regret there, I wish that I had spent my time achieving better outcomes. And so this is the, the chance looking forward in time to be able to say, let's do it now so that when we're all looking back and we can say, oh, that's what we've been trying to achieve this whole time. So this is going to be a fun little journey talking about all of the different elements of planning. This is probably the more of a philosophical beginning, but I tell you what, if you don't get your philosophy right to begin with, then you're devising a whole heap of things to do without necessarily understanding the purpose of why you're doing those things in the first place. So understand who we are as an organization to begin with, get everyone on the same page. And yes, that can be indeed a filter. So I talked about recruitment for new people, but it can also be a filter for the people who thought that this bus was heading in a direction that it's actually not. Mm. And then I go, well, you know what? This actually isn't the place for me. Okay, delay that all you like, but sooner or later you're going to do it and sooner or later you're going to lose those people who aren't aligned with what the organization's thinking anyway. And don't be fooled thinking, oh, no, you, no, we all know that. We all know that because there hasn't been a single time, Steve, and you're probably the same, there has not been one single time where have I have asked that question, what sort of club are we? What sort of association are we? That everyone has said, given me the same answer. Typically, yeah. if there's 10 people in the room, I get 10 different answers. Yep. And sometimes it'll be 10 variations on a similar theme and there's not a lot of work to bring those people to the same point. But, but always one of those, oh, yeah, yep. moments. Or, yeah. oh, my God, I didn't know that moment. It, it's yeah. always something. So, yeah, great place to start. Absolutely. Steve, as usual, it's been wonderful talking to you about all things Basket Casey goodness, and I look forward to continuing this journey down the planning road with you over coming episodes. As do I. Looking forward to it thoroughly and kicking off 2023 with an exciting discussion about the future. Yes, absolutely. So thanks, of course, to Jess, our wonderful producer and editor, for making us sound less unfunny than we are. <laughs> Jess, there you go. You've got your work cut out for you on that one. Uh, if you're not already following us on social media, make sure you do so there. You can find us on the web at cprgroup.com.au. Scroll down to the bottom of our homepage and you'll be invited to subscribe to our newsletter if you haven't already done so, where we share lots of interesting information on a pretty regular basis. And of course, if you want to give us a call, you'll find a phone number there to, to chat with us. For those of you who've been sending in ideas about... Uh, episode ideas please keep those coming in as well because we love to make sure that we are hitting the mark with what we're talking about in our <laughs> journey of basket casey goodness that then turns <laughs> into uh showcasey goodness showcasey betterness <laughs> oh, <crikey. laughs> thanks again steve look forward to talking to you soon thanks mick see ya bye